0: People that doubt, their issue is not really doubt. The greatest obstacle to faith is not doubt. The greatest obstacle to faith is self-reliance. You don't have faith in God because you have faith in yourself. You really don't need God until you understand how inadequate you are.
1: Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. If you grew up going to Sunday school, you may remember singing a catchy tune about Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. Well, today we'll learn just what made Jericho's walls come tumbling down and what that means for the obstacles that we face. Before we jump into today's message, I want to encourage our listeners in Elkhart County, Indiana, to stay tuned. Pastor Trent will join us later in the program with an exciting announcement. Now, let's turn to Joshua chapter 6 and learn what it means to fight from faith. Here's Pastor Trent.
0: We're beginning the second section here in the book of Joshua as we go verse by verse through this book. And uh, this section is going to take us from chapter 6 to chapter 12. We're entitling this section, Fight from Faith. We're in a war. It's not a war that we fight with bombs and guns. It's a fight that we fight from faith. Here's the big idea of the message today. It's simply this. Spiritual victories are fought and won by faith. Everything that God has for you comes through faith. Nothing happens in the Christian life apart from faith. You will not move one step onward without faith. And you will not win a single victory over temptation or sin or Satan without faith because spiritual victories are fought and won by faith. We know that the war that we're in is not a battle with men. We fight our battle in the spiritual realm. We read over in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 and 4 these words, though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. We don't win a spiritual battle with physical weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Do you have any strongholds in your life? A stronghold is a way of thinking or a pattern of behavior that is so rooted in your life, it's hard to move onward from it. And what God says is that there are strongholds that have to fall in our lives if we're gonna take steps forward in faith. We're gonna read about a stronghold here in Joshua chapter 6. It's called the city of Jericho. And let me give you a little spoiler alert. We've already kind of read through the scripture, we know what's gonna happen here, but there were these walls in Jericho that needed to fall. The New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11 tells us how those walls fell. Wasn't by bombs, wasn't by guns wasn't getting over the wall by a ladder, notice how the walls fell according to Hebrews 11.30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. They had, been, they had been encircled for seven days. And so that's the conclusion of the story here. Do you have any walls in your life that need to fall? I wish I could just have a conversation with each one of you. It's like, What is stopping your onward spiritual progress? Is it a relational conflict? Is it a sin habit? Is it doubt? Is it depression that plagues you? Is it feelings of insecurity and insin- insignificance that thinks, I just can't move any further than where I am? Is it your past? Is, are you holding on to anger and bitterness from something that someone has done from you? Those are strongholds. Those are walls that need to fall today by faith. You ready to go on a journey by faith? You say, I don't even know what you're talking about. What is faith? Let me give you a definition, okay? This is a definition we we use around here quite often. It originates with Dr. James McDonald. I can't say it any better than he said it. This is what faith is. Faith is believing God's Word and acting upon it, no matter how I feel, knowing that God promises a good result Notice, faith is not faith in faith. Faith has an object, and faith is rooted in the spoken Word of God. And the spoken words of God were recorded for us in the written Word of God in Scripture. Faith is initiated by God when God speaks, and faith is our response of belief and confidence in knowing what God has said. But notice, it doesn't just stay in our hearts. It's not just this warm, fuzzy, sentimental feeling. It acts out. Faith comes out in bold obedience to God's Word. It acts out. No matter how I feel and no matter what I see, no matter how insurmountable the obstacle in front of me, faith says I'm moving onward knowing that if I act in obedience to God, he's already promised a good result. And that is certainly how those walls fell there in Jericho. So we're fighting from faith, and let's find out how Joshua fought from faith, and the people of Israel fought from faith here. We're going to see just three general truths here in relation to faith. Faith does three things. Faith walks, faith waits, and faith wins. You ready for that? Let's look at it here in Joshua chapter uh, 6. It says here, Now Joshua, now Jericho was shut up inside and out because the people of Israel, and none went out and none came in. You talk about border security. None came out and none went in. Faith walks. Here's the first thing we're going to understand about that. Faith sees the future victory through spiritual eyes. I want you to notice what God said to Jer- Joshua here in chapter 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, in your Bible, what's the next word? What's that word? See, Under- Underline that word. What was it that the physical eyes of Joshua were looking at? The walls of Jericho. Jericho was a double-walled city It was uh, a wall that was impenetrable. Jericho was one of the most fortified and most famous cities in the ancient world. Everybody knew about Jericho's walls. Interestingly, today's archaeologists have found the ruins of Jericho. Do you know what they found? Fallen walls and a burned city. Once again, verifying that God's Word is true. But that's not what Joshua saw. When he looked at those walls, he saw strong walls. He saw insurmountable obstacles. Do you have any of those? And yet, what did God say to Jericho? Can you see it? Can you see the future? Can you see the victory? Can you get in your mind's eyes those walls come tumbling down? That's what Joshua had to see if he was going to move forward, and that's what God wants you to see. He wants you to see a better future than you are living right now. Can you see a better marriage than you have right now? Can you see better discipline than you right than, than you have right now? Can you see better grades than you have right now? How many of you parents can see better grades for that group right over there? You see it, right? Can you see it by faith? What do I have to do? Well, you don't just have to believe. You have to act upon God's Word, and you have to get that into action in your life. Can you see more intimacy with your spouse? Can you see a better relationship with your children? Can you see a prodigal son returning home in repentance? Can you see your neighbor accepting Christ? Can you see a future Granger, Indiana that has the fear of God all over it? And we would dare not take one step out of line? Can you see it? Can you see revival in America? God wants you to see something by faith. What can you see? Faith sees a future victory through spiritual eyes. Here's the second thing. Understand this, that's the definition of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for assurance and hope. They don't seem to go together because we don't use hope the same way that it's used in this passage. When we think of hope, we think of something that, man, I just really wish that could happen even though I don't really think it's going to happen. I hope the Cubs win the World Series this year. That is not an assurance of things. Hope for, that, 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 that's a lot of faith, but I'm not quite sure there's some assurance for that. But faith is the assurance of things hoped for and notice the conviction of things not seen. Conviction is absolute confidence in the object of my faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And then also faith, you have to understand, renounces self-reliance. I realize that when we talk about faith, there are some very intelligent, overly educated people probably in the room. And when we talk about faith, You stumble over that word because you say, I'm a person of science. And it's really hard for me to believe that walls could come tumbling down and that there is a God that would speak into time and space and He would want to have anything to do with me. I get that. But do you understand that everyone has faith? You said, not me, I'm a person of science. A few moments ago, I asked you to sit down. And I doubt that you crawled under the chair to make sure that all four legs were going to be strong enough to hold you up and inspect those things and measure that and do the engineering on whether or not the... You just, by faith, trusted that chair would keep you off the ground and you plopped right down in it. And you exercised faith in that chair. A little later today, some of you are going to go out to a restaurant and you're going to order off a menu and there's going to be food served to you, and you're going to swallow that food, having no idea the person that put that food on your plate. And you're going to eat it. You had faith. You just trusted that it would happen. You had a confidence. And yet, do you understand that people that doubt, their issue is not really doubt The greatest obstacle to faith is not doubt. The greatest obstacle to faith is self-reliance. You don't have faith in God because you have faith in yourself. You really don't need God until you understand how inadequate you are. And that's exactly the place that God had to bring Joshua to to see those walls. He he had to understand how inadequate he was. And so he went out and saw these walls and saw how insurmountable these walls were. And you know what it did? It brought him to a place of absolute inadequacy. You see, faith only flows from a sense of deep personal need. A desperation that understands I am out of options, I am out of resources. You see, you really don't need faith as long as money can do what faith does. You don't need faith as long as a doctor can do what faith does. You don't need faith as long as intelligence or education or pedigree or religion or... Um, government can do. Some of us are fretting and afraid of what the future looks like because we've put our faith in a political process. And faith renounces our faith in other things. Faith in God only comes when we are dissatisfied with what faith in other objects can do. Faith acknowledges inadequacy. Faith forsakes any thought that I can get out of this situation on my own. Faith admits I'm out of horizontal options. Faith renounces positive assessments of my capabilities and my financial strength and my cleverness. Faith embraces this reality. Failure is inevitable unless God moves. You don't have to exercise faith until you are facing something that you can't handle. So you know what God does to strengthen your faith? He gives you situations and circumstances you can't handle without Him. That's exactly what He did for Joshua. There's your enemy. It's not looking too good. You're the underdog. What are you going to do now? Joshua could have got his engineering department together and tried to create a big ladder or a battering ram or a bomb. Joshua didn't do that. Notice this. Faith walks... It obeys God with precision. Now understand this. Faith is always rooted in the objective word of God, not some subjective sentimental idea of what I want to happen. Faith is rooted in the objective truth revealed by God. Notice here in verse 3, there was something God wanted them to do to demonstrate their faith. Verse 3, you shall march. Look down at verse 7. And He said to the people, Go forward. March around the city. You might say, well, if these people had so much faith, they probably just kind of found some grassy little area that was kind of a hillside, and they just kind of probably camped out there and had a little picnic, and they just probably waited for God to knock those walls down. That wasn't God's battle plan. Nor was it God's battle plan for those guys to come up with all kinds of natural weapons and go attack the wall. God didn't want them sitting passively on a hill waiting for God to work. God told them, I want you to get up, I want you to get moving, and I want you to start marching. Really, God? Yeah, just take one foot and put it in front of the other, and you're going to march You're going to march for seven days. You're going to go around the city, just keep taking left-hand turns. It's just like a NASCAR race, just keeping left-hand turns. Lap one, lap two. Now, I went to public school, but I realized, I counted it all up. Six days, one time each. One day had seven. That's, carry the one. It's 13 times. So they were to do 13 laps around the city. What what kind of battle plan is that? What, what if you were in the army? Would you have taken the next step? Sometimes all you have to do to obey God is just keep taking the next step. Take another step. Take another step. Take another step. Get up every morning. Do your job. Carry on your responsibilities. Love your spouse provide for your kids, go to work, read your Bible, praise God, come to church, serve faithfully, give generously. All of those are just next steps that we take in obedience to what God has for us. Faith moves and marches when God tells you to march, where God tells you to march, and how God tells you to march. And so what is the next step that God wants you to do? Does it seem a little redundant to you? You say, why am I doing this? I'm sure that the Israelites probably thought the same thing. How many of you understand that the walls fell down not because they shouted and not because they marched? Their shouting and their marching contributed nothing to the power of God that toppled the walls. So why did they do it? Why didn't they just sit back and wait, God, wait for God to do it? Because faith is always active. It's not passive. It moves forward, participating with God, obeying with precision what God has said. Question, did God need their shouting and marching for the walls to fall? Yes or no? No. Question. Would the walls have fallen without their shouting and marching? No. Because God requires faith. And God right now is waiting for you to exercise faith. You say, I'm a person of faith. My question to you is, uh, where does that show up in your life? Does that show up in your speech? Does that show up in your conduct? Does that show up in your relationship, in your marriage? Does it show up in the way that your attitudes come out of your life? Faith obeys and it always flows out of our lives into the most practical component parts of our life. Faith walks. Here's the second thing. Faith waits. Have you ever noticed that God's timing is rarely your timing? God is always on time, He's never late, but He is seldom early. Have you noticed that? And so faith requires us to wait for God's provision. They had had to wait for a week, obeying God, waiting for those walls to fall. Look here at verse 15. On the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of the day, and they marched around the city and marched seven times in the same manner, redundant, redundant, step after step it was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. Faith marches onward through seasons of doubt. Maybe you started out pretty well, and you had a strong faith that this was going to happen. But after the first three days, you started to doubt a little bit. Maybe after the first three years, maybe after the first 30 years of believing God, what you're believing God for still hasn't happened. Faith marches on through seasons of doubt. What were they doing? Circling, circling. Do you ever feel like you're just circling? Just like I just see this same scenery every day. And so as they walked around that walls, I think God was trying to convince them of their inadequacy. It, you're mar- put yourself in the army. You're marching around the walls, and it's like this wall is getting really familiar. And I'm, I imagine they were probably expecting inspecting the wall on day two and day three to see, um, is our marching contributing anything to the falling of this wall? I'm still not seeing any cracks in the wall. It wasn't a gradual deterioration in the wall over the week. That wall was just as impossible on day seven as it was on day one. And so they were circling. Not only that, but while they were marching, if you were a citizen of Jericho, what would you have been doing? What are these crazy Israelites doing outside our wall? I, if it was me, I would have been like on top of the wall, gazing over, and I have just enough sarcasm in me to like be hurling insults at these people. Anybody with me? Would would I be the only one up there? Like, what are you doing? Why are you carrying that box? What what's the deal with the trumpets? You people, you're really sad musicians. And you have a sad object of faith. We're trusting in our walls. What do you got? You got no weapons? I mean, after a while, you ever felt like the world does that to you? What are you doing? Going to church? Praying prayers? Reading a Bible? What's this worship thing that you do? You ever feel like you get ridiculed and mocked for your faith? You should expect it. That's exactly what people have done. We march onward through the rejection and the ridicule. And even when some of those degrading comments lodge in our brains and create a little doubt, we march on. And we wait for God to move. Not only that, faith expresses quiet confidence until God moves. Notice the instruction that God gave them here in verse 10. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall there be any word go out of your mouth. So imagine this. These citizens of Jericho were hurling insults from the wall. How many of you could think of some really snappy comebacks at sarcastic citizens of Jericho. You got an encyclopedia of those ready to fire? God said, you're not allowed to speak a word for six days. Please understand, there is a time to shout. All of us introverts, we need to express our worship and declare our faith maybe a little more loudly than what we do. But if you're in this bucket over here, you are the shouters. You would have hated the first six days of this assignment. You're not allowed to speak a word. You can't complain. You can't criticize. You can't turn to the people who are not marching fast enough and tell them to get with it and speed up. You can't scream at the people in front of you and tell them to slow down, you're going too fast. You just have to to be quiet and express your complaint to God only. Zip it. You can't create any drama. You just have to express quiet confidence in the ability of God to do what only God can do. Quiet confidence.
1: Through Joshua, God commanded his people to keep silent as they waited for his deliverance. Today, Pastor Trent taught that faith does four things as we wait for God to act. It obeys precisely, waits patiently, marches onward consistently, and expresses itself quietly. Spiritual victories are fought and won when we act by faith. So as a member of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger, I've been blessed and privileged to be under the teaching of you, Pastor Trent Griffith, for I think almost six years, and we've been blessed and we've grown and we've seen our kids grow in their faith in God as they've been a part of the Harvest Bible Chapel Kids Program there at Harvest.
0: That's right, Aaron. I see you out there every week, and I never get to see the radio listeners, and yet it would shock people to learn that so many people that listen to Christian radio actually— Are not a part of a local church. And we desire this ministry not just to be a teaching ministry, but we want people to experience all the things that your family has has experienced as being connected to a church, serving in a church, and being ministered to and prayed for by a group of people that know your family and know you and contribute to your discipleship. Our church exists to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission, making disciples. And we do that through exercising four pillars that are very important to the way that we make those disciples. It's the unapologetic preaching of God's word, which the listeners of Resonate, Uh, get to experience through this radio program, but also the unashamed worship of Jesus Christ, the unceasing prayers of God's people, and the unafraid witness of those people as we not only get the gospel right, but get the gospel out. That's what a church is all about. There are a lot of people that don't have a church like that, and that's why we are a church planting church, and we've planted Granger in 2009. We planted St. Joseph Campus in 2009. 2016 and what we believe God has for us in 2018 is a campus in Elkhart. And so we want to get the word out. We are planting a campus in Elkhart County. We've already got about 200 people that drive from Elkhart County to attend our campus in Granger, and they've asked us to bring our church closer to them so they can invite their friends to
1: be a part of something local there. So for listeners who would want to be a part of a church like that, tell us about a vision meeting coming up here soon. So on July the 16th at
0: 1 p.m. on that Sunday afternoon following our 1130 worship service in Granger, we will be hosting a vision Meeting, And we want to invite listeners of Resonate who may not be a part of a church to come attend that 1130 service, stick around, we'll feed you a sandwich, and then we're going to download everything we know about what it would take to plant a campus in Elkhart County. There'll be another vision meeting on July the 30th, and uh, the location and time for that is yet to be determined, but people can go to our website, harvestgranger.org Elkhart, and we will update that page with the information as it
1: becomes available. Well, thanks Trent. Once again, that website is harvestgranger.org slash Elkhart. And I hope you won't miss this opportunity to be a part of what God is doing in Elkhart County. As we learned today, faith is more than just hearing the truth and saying you believe it. Next week, we'll hear the conclusion of fight from faith. Thanks for joining us. And I hope that God's word will resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.